We're back once again uh, for another episode of The Blue Corner. My name is Dennis and I'm going to uh, jump straight into it this week, but I'm going to remember to tell people, please hit the subscribe and ring that bell. Um, and especially if you're into the uh, Aussie combat scene, um, you know, I try to have a lot of guests to do, w whether it's in the mixed martial arts space or as of today, um, uh, we, we, we have a guest um, in, in the boxing scene. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because last week's guest, uh, and, and I literally only noticed this today, um, last week's guest, is uh, his fight name is actually the Golden Boy and he's the golden boy of uh, Australian MMA. And uh, this week I'm joined by the golden boy of boxing. Um, I mean, that you can't write that. That just doesn't happen. But anyway, without further ado, I, I'll, I'll introduce him straight away. He um, obviously, as I said, he goes by the name of the golden boy. Um, he's got a record of eight and four. And, uh, you know, I'll introduce him now. He, he goes by the name of Tyson Lantry. How are you and how has life been treating you? Yeah, good guys, good. Things are uh, things are okay considering we're all going through lockdown, but um, you know, we're surviving and, and we're getting there, so ticking away. So how how hard has lockdown been for you, like in, in regards to obviously, you know, um you 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 made a little bit of noise I think it was last year, right? Um, yeah. And, and that was obviously during the pandemic as well. So, but we, we weren't as tightly regulated as we are right now. But like, how has this latest lockdown kind of affected you? And, and not only as, as I guess, a, a, a boxer, but also in, in regards to, I guess, because uh, you're a business owner as well uh, in regards to running your own gym. So how, how has that affected you? Look, as far as the, the gym goes, the gym's been, you know, extremely hard. We've had, um, you know, I've got, I've got a team of 15 fighters as well as classes for fitness and, and whatnot. So as far as the gym goes, it, it's, you know, sort of sat us on our bum, really. Um, we are allowed to do one-on-ones, but they have to be outdoors. Um, and at the moment where we are um, in the Hunter Valley, you have to be inside, you know, your own LGA um, or five kilometres outside of it. So for most of my athletes and whatnot they're traveling from anywhere from singleton to newcastle to central coast and and sort of meet me in the middle at, at um western where the gym is so it's been quite hard for them because they can't they can't make it at all um so you know the the gym wise it's been really tough but you know in saying that we're um currently building a, a brand new facility so um you know we look forward to showing our clients you know the, the new facility as soon as it's finished um as far as me, oh man, it's been real tough for me this time. Um, last time, you know, I was lucky. I got the phone call on five and a half week sort of notice, but lockdown last time was nowhere near as hard. You know, lockdown was sort of, you just, you know, had to be careful what you're doing and not, that was about it. You know, you could still have people around and you know, just had to be numbered and so on where um, this lockdown, you know, obviously my coach, Jamie Pittman, he's he's in Canberra, so um, there's certainly no travelling between him and I. Um, my Padman that helps out with Padman, like pad work when I'm at home, he's from Newcastle, which is outside of my LGA. Um, so we, we haven't been able to see each other in a good five, six weeks now. Um, so that's been, you know, really tough. Um, I guess, you know, where I get lucky is I own my own gym, so, so I can, you know, go to my gym and and do my own thing but um as a lot of athletes will tell you it's not the same not at all 
Yeah, and and I, and I guess, but being a a pro fighter as well, is there is there no way that you can, I guess, because I mean, uh, as we spoke about uh, just before we jumped on this, um, obviously you're away with work at the moment, right? And and you've been able to get exemptions to 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 travel quite some distance. I'm not exactly sure what the distance is, but like, I I can I kind of understand like. Um, with just gyms in general, like a fitness first and, and, and whatnot, like them having title restrictions, but um, like being a pro fighter, is there no way you guys can, I guess, get an exemption um, to continue on or, or would it only kind of work if you were in a legitimate fight camp at present or? I think, you know, the only real way you're going to get, you know, away, not away with it, but, you know, be able to do it. Um, is, you know, if you've got some, you know, a serious team behind you as far as, um, you know, No Limit or, you know, wh wh whoever, which which have a bit of push and pull um, and can actually write to, you know, the government or whoever's needed to, to be able to say, look, you know, he's fighting in eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever. Um, we need, need him to be able to do work with, you know, such and such. Um, you know, and, and I guess in a way we could probably, uh, you know, enter the bubble, as they say um and and do your own thing from there but at this point in time i don't think it's been done um i think people have you know choosing to take the risk of getting caught and just go on to certain gyms or whatever but you know for for me um boxing wise there is no other gyms around um you know that that i go to personally myself anyway so i'm uh, pretty stuck and and I guess it would be kind of hard as well because as you say you do run the risk right and 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 being a business owner and 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 so forth like the the fines that you're obviously looking at as well it it, it would be a tough one that if you did run the risk and got caught right I, I mean I don't even know what they are now I think they're like ten fifteen thousand uh, dollar fines right yeah it was five at the start and yeah last I heard it's around fifteen now so. Uh, quite a quite a hefty fine to to go somewhere. So it's it's crazy. I mean, look, and 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 I want to get to it, I, and and I think it's crazy because in in a sense, you know, I read somewhere, and and it's weird because we're going to go now from now to kind of backwards, I guess. But like, uh, I guess just the timing of it is, I I did read somewhere or or I heard somewhere where you were talking about, you know, um, that you see yourself with with the professional fighting career. Um, you know, going or, or finishing it between kind of the ages of 30 and 32, I think were, was the number, around that number, right? Um, which, yeah, I mean, look, I, I guess you could drag it out a little more uh, because you see a lot of fighters push it to, say, 35. Um, obviously, you know, uh, in the MMA space, we've seen fighters go into their 40s, their early 40s. Um, but you've obviously made a conscious decision to to kind of like, look at that number as i say it was loosely 30 to 32 um yeah but, yeah. but when you see these kind of years kind of slip by right now um are you are you kind of seeing it as like the end of your your, your career being taken from you or do you see yourself maybe then going look maybe i am going to push it to 34 now no look you know my, that that decision of 30 to 32 was was based off you know continuing to take the, the punishment of what a professional boxer has, has to outlay day in, day out with, you know, sparring and fights and, you know, regular fights and and whatnot, you know. So, I mean, as far as this year goes, you know, we've had one fight um, and that's, you know, that's not what any pro wants to do. But, 
um, you know, it is the way it is with COVID at the moment. And I don't think there'd be any pros that wouldn't say, you know, well, I can make up that time towards the end of my career because I didn't take punishment for that year the way that, you know, we usually would. Um, and I mean, for me, you know, that, that call was made from myself, um, you know, at the simple fact that I have kids. So I've got, you know, I've got two boys and I've got a family and, um, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those fighters that, that can hardly speak when he's finished his boxing career. And I want to pass on the knowledge that, that I learned and I want to, you know, be able to be a dad and, and a good partner to my partner and, and kids. So, um, that's where that call was made from. So, you know, without, you know, if I don't fight for another, year or whatever it may be depending on on this COVID you know I will most definitely push past that little that little bit longer and, and set that that um, distance that little bit further. And nice and and, and we, we with the kids since you brought them up I, I, I just want to know are they looking to to follow in, in in dad's footsteps or or is it something that you're trying to shy them away from just purely because as you say I mean look box, boxing is an un- unforgiving sport and and the thing that always amazes me with boxing is because um, as I say, I deal with a lot of MMA guys as well, right? And and a lot of the times with MMA, they'll they'll go on a four zero run, maybe five, six, seven, eight, um, and they'll turn pro. Um, and then you hear like boxers, they'll have this this massive amateur career before they even turn pro, right? And 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 the other thing that I notice as well is, you know, when when it comes to to training camps. Uh, the thing that amazes me with you guys is is literally the punishment you hand out during camp. Like a, a lot of the MMA guys, as we like to say, they like to spar at about 60, 70. It sometimes gets turned up to about 80%. But every time I've been like, um, you know, invited into a, a uh, sparring session, um, which is obviously where I met yourself um, uh, yeah, yeah. When, when, when you and Luke Jackson were preparing for his uh, title fight in, in Ireland. Um, it seems like you guys really are hell bent on on having a fight during those sessions, right? Like, and I know it's all love, but like, I I really don't see you guys pulling the punches. The only difference I see is that you guys put on the headgear. Um, but yeah, we we with that in mind, like, do you want to see your kids follow in your footsteps and 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 sort of, or, or do they even see an interest in 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 what you do, or would you like to go look? If I had my way, it's something that I would kind of shy him away from, I guess. You know, I, I uh, as a father, I do my best now to shy my boys away from it. Um, but at the same time, you know, allow them to understand the, the benefits of being healthy and, and looking after their body. Um, my youngest son, he's a mental case. Um, and I can most definitely see him you know, possibly putting on the gloves as, as far as fighting goes. Um, but my oldest boy, he's, he's you know, he's a, he's a big teddy bear. So um, I can't really see Caden, you know, going on to, to be fighting. And, and, you know, I don't want either of them to personally myself. Um, you know, my road for anyone who knows, you know, my road hasn't been easy at all. I, I certainly didn't get, you know, silver spooned anything. Um, you know, and, and as a lot of elite Boxers when I, you know, boxing's very rarely a nice, you know, nice story. It's it's just, it's all, you know, bite your teeth and do what you got to do and, and work hard um, for at times what feels like a little, little reward. So um, for me, I'd rather see them, you know, do a sport where they're smiling every day of the week. They've got their friends around them and yeah, you know, I still want to, 
um, push for them to to work hard and be good at what you do. But um, you know, just to probably see them smile a bit more would be would be ideal for me. Nice. And, 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 and obviously you mentioned you, you didn't have the, the greatest start. Like, so what was your introduction to boxing? Like, did, I guess, did you come from a boxing kind of family or, or a combat family or how, how, how nah, was. So, so the, the, the Lantry family from the Hunter Valley here in uh, Maitland way, we're sort of all, um, you know, football players and, and that's it. So every, every, every one of my football players, you know, former Australian football players, um, you know, Bandy Adams and, and so on, they're all sort of within our relations. So um, initially when I first, you know, started being a young kid and going to boxing, I was only going to boxing because um, I was quite handy on a motorbike and my dad wanted me to get into boxing to continue to stay that bit smaller, but be a lot stronger. Um, and then about oh, six months into that, my dad had a, a motorbike accident himself and he punctured both of his lungs. Um, and was in the John Hunter Hospital for quite some time. Um, and there was a boxing gym uh, maybe 500 metres up the road from my nan and pop's house. Um, and, you know, naturally that was something that I could do that I didn't need anyone to take me there or anything. It was 500 metres up the road. So I continued to, to go there from the age of nine onwards. Um, by the time that my, my old man was ready to sort of go again on motorbikes and he was able to move and stuff, uh, my my love for it had, had fallen away, you know, I was that young kid that everything had stopped right in front of him and, and I've found something else instead. Um, and that's sort of how I started boxing. So, um, yeah, well, after, the, after that, I was a black sheep of the family, you know, I was, my family still loved me, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they, they were all the football players and, and everything else and I was this, I was this person who was getting punched in the head for whatever reason I chose. So... And, and and did you find that you you were automatically drawn to fighting like uh, and I guess like even to the point of like not in 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 a boxing ring but like were you the kind of kid at school that would would scrap a lot or like did you always have that, that, that mongrel, mongrel in you I guess yeah yeah I, I didn't scrap a lot um, as a kid I, I had a few don't get me wrong but um, I had a sort of pretty rough childhood. My, my mother died when I was four. Um, my stepfather died when I was four and my baby brother died when I was four. So, um, you know, as a young kid, you know, I'm, I'm already heightened compared to most people. Um, so, you know, and as you know, going through school, you know, kids say this, kids say, you know, whatever. And, and I sort of always found myself, you know, quite heightened compared to everyone else. So when I started boxing, um, even though I loved motorbikes, every bit of it, I enjoyed that, that you know, I got to hit something as hard as I could, you know, and I got to get taught how to hit something as hard as I could. And, you know, so the, the love was definitely there from it from, from day one. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, when motorbikes fell through, it was just, you know, it was that that's just what I went to. That's just what I did. Yeah, fair play. And, and, and was it something that you kind of, um, uh, I guess, had a, a natural knack for, like, because you know a lot of people they'll they'll walk into a gym and they'll be like yes this is what i'm gonna do right and and two things is like first you'll realize that you got two left feet like mo most people walk into a gym <laughs> and, and you, know, you know you know what i mean like people think like yeah. throwing punch punches is as easy as fisting up like this and 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 throwing you know 
throwing fists and not realizing that that there's a whole i mean look especially in boxing they call it the sweet science right but there's a whole way you you need to move and and things like that and i i, find, I mean look to the point like a lot of people can't skip i've seen so many people turn up to the gym and and and, and they really struggle to skip right um so was it something that you you kind of found natural or or did it take some time for you to really find your feet um no, I, I sort of, I found my pretty, my base pretty, pretty quickly. Um, you know, but the one thing I struggled with as a, as a kid learning boxing was my left to right. And I, and I couldn't quite grip while we threw our left hand more than what we threw our right hand most of the time, you know, and, and the difference between setting things up with your left and, and banging with your right, you know, like I just, I just really didn't get that. And I was, I guess, you know, that aggressive kid that just wanted to throw his right hand over and over again. Um, you know, and I think after a couple of hidings from from good young kids back in the day, it sort of made me then step back and realise like, okay, this isn't fighting. This is this is a science, and I've got to. You now for me, I'm very competitive, and I was like, I've got to listen, I've got to focus, and I've got to, you know, go back to doing what I've been told to do. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. And did you ever yeah, have any moments like your your first, I guess, like your first sparring sessions and stuff? Did you ever have any moments where you're like? Because that that's the next step. So once once you get a little bit of training behind you, you obviously you know jump into these these open sparring sessions, and and sometimes it's the same thing. The first time you really get cracked in the nose, you're kind of like, oof. I, 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 <laughs> I spent, I, I spent I, yeah, I spent a good six to twelve months just copping an absolute one. And with my coach down there going, mate, when are you going to listen? Like when are you, when are you just going to understand it's a it's a sport. You got to you know, you got to do what's needed and that, you know, one thing sets up the other and it continues to, to work from there, you know. Um, I couldn't count how many times I went home with a bleeding nose and, you know, as most boxers would tell you, you know, like just absolutely gutted and, and shattered that I couldn't get something that in my head was so easy. Um, but, you know, we just, I guess the heart got me through in the end and I just continued to turn up day in, day out and, and that's what that's what got me you know, to the level I'm at now. And was there ever, like, do you still remember the point where you, you crossed over? So you, you as you say, you, you go home for a... remember perfectly, yep. Right, so can, can you take us through that? You know, uh, I was sparring, um, you know, sort of bigger boys than me, and I was a young kid, um, 13, 14 years old, 30 kilos, you know, it was sort of nothing on me, and, and I was still trying to take them on all in power and all in aggression and, you know, them being you know 60 plus kilos it just was never gonna happen um and i remember the day that you know i, I didn't get any bleeding noses i didn't you know i didn't get rattled anywhere near what i would normally get you, know, you still get hit it's firing it's boxing you're gonna get hit um but you know i was never hurt and i remember walking home like to my to my old man and my nan's house from from in talara um and i remember being so happy because i just you know, I wasn't put down. I wasn't dropped in sparring for the first time. I wasn't, you know, hit with a body shot. I wasn't, didn't have a bleeding nose. I was just so happy and, you know, feeling like it's coming together. I just got to keep working. Um, that was a long, obviously a long time ago. I think it was around 13, um, just before I started competing. So. And do you remember your first fight? I do. I uh, went all the way to Tasmania. Um, uh, fought a kid from Palm Island. Uh, he had about 47 or 48 fights. It was my first fight. It was in the ABL. I used to be trained by Neville Short. 
Um, so yeah, we fought him, uh, and he, he lost the fight split points decision. Um, went went the other guy's way, um, but I, it didn't bother me at all. You know, I was just so happy that I'd even got there, um, and you know, getting there, doing doing so well, considering I'd had zero fights. And 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 so the fact that you're going down this path, did you did you automatically like? grow to the idea that you will one day want to do this as a pro um you know to to potentially make a living out of it or or was your goal to ever like um i guess make make the olympics um like... yeah look, my, my goal was initially just to make the olympics that, that was my really you know real goal um you know maybe three years into boxing um you know i captained the australian junior um squad at the world championships um, you know, and I went from there and, and I remember after competing there, I was on my, my flight home and I was just thinking like, you know, this is what I want, you know, I want to wear our colours and I want to wear it with pride and I want to do well. Um, you know, that, that never happened in the end due to, you know, some issues, but um, that was all I really wanted to do. Um, when I got back, back into training after a couple of years off, um, you know, I was only 18. Um, I probably should add better management to tell me to stay around for longer in the amateurs and, you know, again, reach for the Olympics like I initially wanted. But um, my coach at the time had, you know, recommended that, that he believes I should go pro. Um, and I turned pro at, uh, I think it was 18. Yeah, it did, like, literally just turned 18 and I turned pro. And when you say you had had issues and, and, and took time off, um, was, was it due to injury or...? or... Nah, look, so um, I actually um, was taken away and I, and I did uh, 18 months of time, um, locked away. Uh, and now 18 months into it, I got my appeal um, to put through the Supreme High Court um, and I was sent home in 15 minutes for, for the crime that I, I hadn't committed. Um, so I'd you know, gone away for nearly two years of my life for, for something that wasn't, you know, wasn't me. Um, and then... You know, obviously for me, I felt like, I mean, as, as any sort of kid does, you know, your life's over, your sport's over, you know, it's, it's, it's done, you've sort of thrown your life away type thing. Um, and when I got out and I guess, you know, my coach at the time with the whole pro sort of thing it had excited me and sort of sparked, you know, that spark back up that was needed for boxing. But now I look back on it, you know, I probably, probably should have chased um, you know, the Commonwealth and the Olympics, you know, only two to four years later and, and I still would be young. So, um, you know, I think people do forget my age. I'm only 28 and just turned 28. You know, I'm not, I'm not old yet in this sport. I'm getting old, but I'm not old yet. Um, but yeah, I probably should have took my time a bit more. So can I, can I guess that it would have been uh, juvie, right? Because you're saying you got out when yeah, you were 18, correct. so you were still young. Yeah. Can I ask what for? Well, was it like drink driving no. or? Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it wasn't. Um, look, there was a there was a fight that was um, at Maitland Showground, um, and some some of my mates and some some other people had had got into a fight, um, and the fight resulted in somebody passing away, um, and the, you know the passing away when everything had gone down, um, the main people involved involved had pointed the finger at me. Um, so, you know, obviously when that went down, it was like, oh, he's a fighter. You know, there was, there was, um, things in the court from the papers, from, from them saying, you know, he's a fighter, he's born to do stuff like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, and it, it took 18 months to prove it, but, you know, it was proven. So, 
Um, I'm certainly not cranky at anyone or anything, you know, it just it's life and, you know, I, I put myself in shitty positions around shitty people and, and I should have chose better. It's just, you know, as simple as that. But you, when when you say not angry with anyone, you you obviously separated yourself from these people, right? Oh, big time! Yeah, I, I I'm a family man now. I, I've got my my kids. I, you know, I got my partner. Um, I see my dad. You know, I, I see close close family members, and you know that that's literally it. Like, um, I, I pretty much live the life as a pro boxer now, and I just train in my own gym and coach my own people and and have the people that I want around me. And I haven't got a lot of time for for people that haven't been around for for long or you know don't show the the right sort of you know emotions that i want so nice well look the the last thing i'll ask on that because i mean obviously that's 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 kind of crazy um but like being put away like that and and knowing that you were innocent and and, and obviously you've said they've overturned it but it took 18 months um, and I only say because obviously we're adult now, but as a kid, like when you're sitting in juvie, knowing that you're innocent, um, and obviously at the time you're not knowing that it will get overturned, what what goes through a kid's mind there? Uh, look, I, I think with my with my mother and and stepfather and stuff passing away so early, I think I grew up a lot quicker than a lot of other people. Um, the only real thing that I, I really remember was me thinking sort of the first two months that I was in there, my life's over. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've done the wrong thing and my life's over type thing, you know. Um, but about uh, three months in there, you know, just being myself and just cruising every day and training in the gym and, you know, whatever. Um, I had some people, you know, offer to put their hands up and help me out with coming to pads and, and everything. And, you know, I had multiple people in there that were from Newcastle and, um, you know, all of them were saying like, man, don't give up. You're so young. Like, you know, don't give up. Just keep training, keep doing what you can and, and get back to work when you can. Um, you know, and I think that kept me saying, you know, that just, it sort of kept that boxing brain that boxers have where you wake up, you think about boxing, you eat when you're thinking about boxing, you know, like your life just revolves around it, you know, so, um, in my own world where we were, I'm still just thinking about boxing and, and I think that got me through a but, lot. But did you ever doubt it too? Because uh, what you were saying before though is the reason they were pointing the fingers at you was because they were kind of like, well, he's the he's the pro fighter or he, he's the fighter. Yeah, yeah. So did, did you ever have that thought of maybe turning your back on that sport? Because it, 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 as you say, like, it, it, it kind of... As you're saying right now, it kind of saved you, but on the same token, it's kind of the reason you were there in the yeah, first place, right? So, it, it, was there any moment where you were kind of like, "I need to distance myself from fighting. I need to get away from." I, this. I would big time, man. I would, I would, you know, have regulars, you know, sort of chats with myself, you know, once in a blue moon every couple of weeks type thing of like, nah, it's, it's too much, you know, just go and go and relax and just you know be a normal person. Um, you know, but then I would fight myself like I love this shit. This is what I do. You know, this this is you know this feels so normal to me, and um, you know I can't turn my back on something that feels so normal. Um, so you know, you know I think every boxer still to this day has those those thoughts. You know, because boxing such a a nasty sport in a way where it gives so little back at times. Um, you know that you're always fighting yourself like oh 
you know, should I be doing this or, or should I just be, you know, for me, should I just be that family man or should I keep doing what I do because I love this? And I think, you know, any real boxer will turn back to, you know, they love this shit and, and we all do, you know. Um, if we didn't do it, we, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be fighting. So I think and that saved me then and it still saves me now to this day. And, and when you mention it's a sport that gives so little back, what do you mean by that? So what I mean by that, like, you know, a lot of, you know, 98% of people, you know, they'll go and live their, their normal life. They'll go and have dinners. They'll go and have cafes. They'll go and have a few drinks with the mates. They'll, they'll just go and live a, a, a normal life, you know, where boxing is a, a very, very demanding sport. And then it, it, it screams for your attention 24-7. Um, and, you know, as most people will know in boxing, you can either give it and, you know, win most of the time you know or don't give it and you'll lose without a doubt um you know so although it can can give you great things like winning and you know the things that come with with winning and um beating those better guys you know it can also be the loss and it can also be you know as a as a boxer for for me anyway i don't know other people but for me if i'm beaten um you know it's so mentally damaging for me you know it's so like everything's turned upside down and my world's wrong you know like um because it it means so much to each and every legitimate fighter to to do what they do and do it well so it can most definitely be damaging at the same time as as very positive on their life well, as they always say, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, right? Lowest of lows, that's um, it, man, yeah. It's cool. But it, it, it's kind of funny that you say that because um, we got UFC 66 coming up um, and and literally uh, it, it was the return of the Diaz brother. And um, in, in the press conference, he pretty much yeah, said the same thing. He, he pretty much said exactly the same thing. He said, I, I feel like this is a sport that's taken everything from me and and literally given nothing back and when they tried to like obviously question him on that he was pretty much on the same thing he said because he's just taken a five-year hiatus um yeah and and he said like i've just realized there's more to life right like he 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 just said and i think it's exactly as you said there's so many family things and stuff that you miss out on because you're so dedicated and obsessed with this sport but you get very little back but I, i i i guess the difference with um with boxing, uh, but I, look, we could, I'm guessing we're, we're going to be wrong on it, um, is the, the constant debate at the moment with these MMA guys, right, is that they're well, well underpaid, right? And, yeah, yeah. and the reason a lot of people say that is they'll always point to boxing, right? They'll always go, look what these boxers the are making. The biggest money makers in boxing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Look what the boxers yeah. are making. Um, where I, I think that's wrong because, as you just said, the biggest money makers in boxing, sure, your Floyds, they're making your Canelo, yeah, they're, ma- the they're making yeah. good yeah. money. But if you're if you're on the undercard of even like some of the biggest cards here, I mean, you know, without bringing up any figures or anything, but like, I mean, you were on on a pretty big card last year with the Tim Sud had the um, who's the footy player Paul Gallen. Uh, versus Mark Hunt, Hunt fight. Like, are you making big dollars on those kind of uh, events? Look, I, I think for for me, um, you know, I, I got paid scrap, 
you know, I, I, I mean, I'll put it out there. I got paid five grand, um, you know, to go out and, and fight and beat, you know, someone who's just fought for a world title that, you know, 98% of people avoid. Um, you know, it's, that, that's crap money. You know, we all know it, you know, like for me, you know, six, that, that doesn't cover six weeks worth of training at, at 100% volume and doing what I need to do and paying my coaches and paying my, my team around me to do what they're supposed to do. You know, that's, it, it's pure crap. But, um, you know, taking those fights does put you out to bigger and better. Um, and, you know, and you can get paid well and you can get looked after. But, you know, I think that's the thing with, with boxing. Um, uh, maybe the same with USC. I don't know. You know, I don't know how, how well they actually are paid. Um, but your management team around you is, is everything, absolutely everything. You know, your, your management team is a difference between you're getting five grand or you're getting 50. You know, the, the, it's, it's really, like Floyd Mayweather said for such a long time, boxing is management, you know, um, any combat sport, you know, for the right pay, it's all about management. So, um, you know, I, I certainly agree and I hear, you know, rumours about how they're paid and what they're paid and whatnot, but um, I think it's important for everyone to also remember that not boxers, you know, all boxers aren't paid $4 million per fight. Um, you know, we wish, um, you know, but it, it's not the case at all. Well, I, I guess, and, and and not that everyone's getting paid millions per fight, but I guess, because I, I think, you know, say the UFC, like, they, they start, usually start the fighters on a 10-10, right, which means you get 10 to show, 10 to win, so you win, you, you go home with your 20k, um, if you lose, you go home with 10k kind of thing, but that's like literally yeah. the first fight of the card, right, and then it sort of trickles up there but i guess even from 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 the high end they're talking about you know these guys might get two mil a fight and then you have your floyds that's getting 300 million yeah, yeah. a fight or whatever yeah, um, but i think it, i think you know for everyone it's important to remember that you know we started two grand we started a thousand dollars you know and then we can can grow and develop into you know whatever our management system and whatever we can you know make ourselves out to be um before we can start putting a dollar sign on it so it's not like you know, as I said, you know, we're, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know many Australians that have been paid twenty grand. Um, you know, that's twenty thousand. Let, let alone they've been the first fight. That's been a main event getting paid that. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough call in Australia. I think America is a different story altogether. Completely and, uh, different story altogether. And so, how do you feel like um, with with people like on that same card, like people like the Paul Gallon fight coming along? I mean, obviously, Mark Hunt. He's a superstar in combat sports. He he kind of probably can really ask for that that price that he got. Um, but you know, when you get someone who who's come across um, from football, and I think at the time he 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 was signed on for like four hundred k, I believe that fight was or yeah, something. Like. It was it was close to half, yeah. half a mil. Yeah. As a boxer that's dedicated his life to the sport, and then you have people like that. I mean, look, and the big one right now is obviously the Paul brothers. I don't know if you've kept up with that yeah. kind of stuff, but you've you know yeah, you've got these, yeah, I've been into it, but right? I see it, yeah. But you got these YouTubers coming across, and they're demanding big, big money. Um, for for someone who's dedicated their life to a sport, how do you feel about these guys coming across and and getting these? big ticketed fights like is it a is it a case of that you find it a little disrespectful or is it a case of that if it's bringing more eyes to the sport 
and then I potentially raise it, raises the money for everyone else, you're okay with it? If, if, if somebody makes money out of Australia, for example, you know, Tim Zhu keeps doing well, George Kambosis gets up, you know, those guys really are shining the light on Australian boxing. So shining the light on Australian boxing shines a light for all of us. It's not just them, you know. Um, yes, you know, Gallon's a football player, but he has come over and he's fought legitimate fighters and, he, and he's done well. It's credit, credit where credit's due, you know. Boxing is not an easy sport and not, not an easy sport in any single way. So for him to, to do what he's done, I think good on him. And I think, I think, you know, I know a lot of football mad people that just love watching footy. Um, I, I know they're watching fights now because they're sending me videos of it. You know, they're sending me insta little snaps on Instagram of, of them watching some fight, you know, that that I know without a doubt twelve months before they weren't watching that. You know, so I think, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad when it comes to to, you know, your gows and, and your um poor brothers, you know, like they are bringing attention to the sport. And, you know, that's all we've we've all screamed for for, for years because as a professional you know, you know that the more eyes that are that are on the whole circuit, the more money we all get. It's it's you know, it's it's, it's a hustle really, and you just got to accept it. And say for someone like Jake Paul, do you, do you actually see some boxing talent in him, or or do you think it is a bit of a show at the moment that that's going to fizzle out? Or because like from from my end, like the the way I see it, and I've been telling this to people all along, is like he's kind of having his amateur fights and like the, the whole debate is like, he hasn't fought a boxer yet. Right. But like, I'm like, he's only yeah, three yeah. fights into his career and he hasn't really had an amateur career. Right. So yeah, I kind of see, yeah. yeah, I kind of see him these, these past few fights as being his amateur fight, but it's on the pro circuit. And, and my reasoning behind yeah. that is if you were told you can have these amateur fights or we'll pay you 30 million, you're going to take the 30 million all day, right? Like, like, yeah, just, and that's just, exactly yeah. what I say to my guys. You've got to respect the hustle. You know, making money is making money. And and that's, you know, whether we all admit it or not, that's what everyone's here for. If you go to work, if you go to train and you do, you know, you're there for the money. That's that's why you're a pro. You know, you, you're there because you want the money. It helps your family. Yes, you love what you do. But, you know, you're there for the money. Otherwise, you would have stayed in the amateur ranks. You know, it's simple as that. Not many people admit that, but it is the case. You know, if, if you didn't care about the money, you wouldn't have turned pro. You would have just stayed amateur and you would have kept trying to fight for your country. Um, you know, if it makes money, you know, Floyd Mayweather said it for such a long time. If it makes money, it makes sense. You know, you can you can accept it. You can understand it. So, but from a, from um, a technical... Sorry, but from a technical point of view, do you, do you actually see him being a credible boxer like and i'm not saying right now like but when you when you see him like do you do you go look give him another five years and and he could actually become a legitimate boxer or or do you see yeah. it more, yeah, more, more I, mean, of a, how old is he? I don't even know how old he is how old is he i don't know i think i think he's early 20s so he's probably like 22 yeah. 23 early 20s 100% he could have a couple of great fights later on in time and actually turn people's heads in the, you know like um, I know I've seen some sparring footage that he's put up or that whoever's put up that I've actually oh, he doesn't look too bad there he you know he, he looks all right um you know I, I think Jake's the the better brother from what I've seen out of clips from both of them um but you know like I I think experience helps anyone so you know what we're seeing now is him still winning and him still knocking people out um, and he is very inexperienced. He's had no fight experience at all, really, from what 
Fort Wheeler as fans. So, you know, if he's going to keep turning heads to watch our sport, so be it. You know, I'm not tuning into it personally. I personally don't tune in to watch it. Um, but, you know, credit to him, yeah, and, and the money that, it, that he's getting and good on him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one. Like, I, I say the same thing. Like, there's one part of me that says I don't want to tune in, but then there's the other part that I just know people are going to be talking about it and I, and I kind of tune in. The, the, the last cut, I, I did have to tune in because I just wanted to see what a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield could do, but... Uh, yeah, nah. It was see, sad. There's a fight. I can't watch those fights, man. I can't watch them. Uh, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I tuned in for one round of the Rude Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson. And, you know, Rude Jones Jr. is one of my all-time favourites, you know. Um, but I, I just can't watch, you know, two older fellas just banging into each other that way, you know. Um, just, yeah, it's not for me. No, that's fair play. So you mentioned before as well, like uh, about having a good team around you um, uh, and management and things like that. Like, how hard is that to find in in a sport? Like, have you always been in the same team, or have you changed your team over time? No, nah, look, I've changed my team uh, twice now. Um, you know, I went from Neville Short um, onto Ben Crandon was helping me out there at Cessna for a little while. Um, ben then stepped away from it, um, and then I seeked. Uh, my brother was actually doing some training with Jamie Pittman um, at the time, so then you know I, I sort of reached out to Jamie. I'd seen what he was doing with Bo. I'd liked certain things that he was doing, and um, you know I, I reached out to to Pity, and um, you know, me and Pity have, have been what we've been ever since. You know, so um, it, it, it's everything. You know, as as any real fighter would tell you you know it, it is key it, it is important to you know have management and have people that are actually looking after you um you know they're in front of you and 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 when you look for your team um and especially i mean because you you wear both hats right so like when you're looking for a coach what what are the qualities that you find makes a good coach? And I guess this is a bit of self-assessment too, right? Because like you always have like these different techniques where, you know, and, and, and people will like barrack behind it on, on like, you know, you're surrounded by yes man. And then you have other coaches yeah. that are full balls to the wall where, you know, they, they, they really like not belittle you, but like they'll, they'll, they'll drive you back down to the ground. Um, you know, it's about finding that fine balance, I guess. I don't know, but like yeah, yeah. from, from your perspective, like, what is it that you look for um, in your coaches? And then I guess also like being a coach, what, what are the kind of qualities that, that you try to bring out of yourself? Look, the, the biggest thing with me is, you know, for me um, as a coach, not only as a coach, even as an athlete, I've always found that I can overthink 98% of people when it comes to, to boxing, you know, I can overthink, I can see what they're going to do, I can read what they're going to do. Um, so for me, the biggest thing that attracted me to, to Jamie's sessions was when I could ask him why we were doing something or why, you know, why did I have to throw this shot instead of that shot, um, that Jamie could always respond and he still can. He can always respond and say, you know, because of this, because, you know, you're going to walk onto this shot or, you know, you're stepping that way and it's not allowing you to punch as hard as you can because of your feet are wrong. And and I really liked that I could get that answer. I really liked that, you know, I had someone thinking for me as well as my own brain. You know, I, I had someone that was sort of, you know, another voice in the back of my head that, that was smarter than me, you know, which which that's what really, you know, attracted me to 
to training Jamie's ways. You know, as as most people will tell you, if they've trained with Jamie, Jamie he, he's a thinker. So, um, you know, to be able to be there and go, okay, look, we're going to do this for this fight because such and such is going to do this and he's going to have this style of defence and this is how we get around it. That's how my brain works, you know, where I think a lot of coaches in Australia, 80% of coaches in Australia are old school, they're tough, they, you know, yell, scream, push their push their athletes and tell them to work harder and, you know, they, they don't think sometimes. And for me, I'm a thinker. So, you know, Jamie's, Jamie's head is what got me with Jamie and staying with Jamie. And at what point did he jump on? Like, was it when you went from from um, amateurs to pro, or how far along? Nah, that was my my third pro fight. So um, my third pro fight, I was just feeling like what was in front of me just wasn't enough to to you know make it. Um, you know, so you know, I'd looked at sort of the, the best that we'd had in this country and. Um, you know, I started putting my feelers out there and talking to my brother quite often because my brother was training with him, um, you know, and it sort of just grew from there, um, you know, to the point where once I trusted in him, you know, I was travelling uh, an hour and 20 every every single morning and every single afternoon to go and train with him before I'd come back and train my own and then repeat this, the same process in the, in the afternoon, so... Yeah, crazy, and and I mean, you went on a pretty good run, right? Like, because I I had a look at your record. I think you 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 had two wins. You dropped one, then you went on a nice little little streak uh, before dropping two. Um, and I believe that after the second one, um, I read an article where where you said you really had to do some soul searching. Um, I think it was the Daniel Carr fight or something like that. That yeah, um. Yeah. um what I guess what what was the the, the soul searching? Was it because you dropped two? Was it that? Because I also read it. Nah, I think it was yeah, in the same article just, as well, yeah. where 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 it talks about that you you say that you know you're you're kind of your best and your worst uh, best friend worst enemy as well. Like it, it, that article spoke yeah. a lot about that. You know when when you're in tune mentally, um, you're there and you could pretty much beat. At anybody, but then also there's a lot of times that you you admit that you're just not there. Yeah, big time, man. Look, you know, I f- for that two fight streak, um, I'd had a lot of mental demons with myself, um, and and with um my training system at the time. So at the time, I'd gone from training with Jamie, you know, one to two times every day, um, to Jamie getting the the head coaching role. Uh, down at the Australian Institute of Sport. Um, so I'd gone from having Jamie with me every second of the day, you know, that I, that I needed to be an athlete. He he was there and he mentored me and, and showed me, you know, what we're going to do. And um, still to this day, you know, my I put all my faith in Jamie to to get me over the line. And um, when Jamie left, I just, I just, you know, I just mentally crumbled. I just felt like um, I couldn't do anything, you know, like when I really step back and had a look at you know what was really going on you know I, I I don't feel like it was so much that Jamie had left I feel like it was you know I'd given up on myself you know I'd given up that um you know I couldn't do it anymore because Jamie wasn't there um which you know that that's on me and um you know I, I you know I swallowed the pills and 
and got back to work and and you know come up with with the following win so um you know and and i'm a lot i'm a lot mentally stronger now because of that that phase you know because of bouncing back and and biting down when times got hard so um yeah they were tough times very tough times and and i have to ask like was it ever did you ever when you say tough times and and going into dark places did you ever then rely on I, I, I don't want to say drugs, but like drugs or alcohol. Did you ever? Nah, into nah. That so it's or... one thing I can. It's one thing I can uh, honestly stand here and say I'm very proud of myself. Never ever touched drugs in my life. I've never smoked. I've never, never looked at a- any of that in my life. Um, I drank as a young kid, young fourteen, sort of fifteen year old. You know, I had a few around eighteen when I sort of first got out. Um, you know, just, just normal drinking. Um, but yeah, I've probably had maybe one two jack daniels in maybe six years now um you know I, I, I don't drink it all now so it's um i think it's a massive positive for me nice nice no it's just of and the only reason i ask is you know when a lot of people always talk about going into a dark place usually one thing leads to another and before you know it someone sinks into that hole but uh but look as you said you were able to turn it around and 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 this is where where the story gets good anyway right because um as as i said i originally met you um uh during one of luke jackson's camps um and it was for that frampton fight the the world title fight um you know how how did that fight even come about and 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 as you said like from because look let's just put it out there like it was crazy right like you guys are in in somewhat sparring partners you help each other yeah as you say you go on a two two fight skid you go into your dark place how did this fight even eventuate and uh, yeah i got an idea you know for, for me it was the best thing for me not not because I, you know, I got the win and, and stuff like that. It was just, you know, the bonus on top. But, um, you know, for me, that that fight sparked, you know, a candle under my ass again to get back to work because, you know, I knew I could do it and, and I knew that, that I have what it takes to do it. Um, so, you know, that fight was certainly the light at the end of the tunnel of, of that dark place um, that, that I was in for quite some time. So, um, look, I, I was honestly sitting on my ass you know going for a run every couple of days or something like that um when jamie gave me the phone call and he said you know in his words he said twice you know what way do you at and i said to him i said i've got no idea why and he goes i need you to jump on the scales for me and uh, i said why you know he said oh we've got a fight you know i said i'll fight who and um you know he, he goes luke jackson and and for me, uh, you know, I asked him three times, is he serious? Are you sure? You know, are you sure that, you know, he's going to, um, you know, take that fight? Like, you know, it's, it's certainly not a fight that I ever expected. Um, and he goes, 100% toss. They just, they've rang me, they've offered it to me. Um, I just need to know what weight you're at. Um, and I jumped on the scales and I, I think I was, um, you know, I hadn't fought in a long time from, from the skids. And as I said, I was in the dark place. So I was sitting... Uh, I think I was at my heaviest at about 73, 74, um, you know, and I had five and a half, six weeks to make the weight. But I'd rang Jamie back and I said, oh, look, oh, you know, I'm at 71, you know, because I, I just, you know, I wanted it. I, I knew I could I knew I knew could prove that, that I was good enough, you know, and, and do it. Um, 
and Jamie, his response was good because I've already said yes. You know, he um he he knew that it was a, a good fight for me as well, and um you know I dieted extremely hard with you know the knowledge of my partner beside me, Jazz. She's my actual nutritionist and dietitian, so you know I couldn't cut any corners. My partner lives with me, so um you know I, I cut the weight to make the fight, and you know we got where we got. So. I was extremely happy, but yeah, that, that was certainly the light at the end of the tunnel for me. So, and and what gave you the confidence? Because obviously, as I said, you 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 had mixed some rounds with him before, right? Um, and and I guess once again, I don't want to keep going back to this dark spot, but you've just gone on a two fight skid, um, and then you you get off at this fight. Um, and we can say, look, he's a former title challenger, which you already knew because obviously you were helping him prepare for that fight. But I mean. Let's face it. When the odds came out, the 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 bookies, right? I think you were the I, I think you were the biggest underdog of of the entire card. Like I, I think at yeah, some I, point I was actually I was actually looking at it today. I was the biggest underdog in the world in 2020. So I've got I've got a screenshot on my phone of of the the betting odds, um, and I'm in front of people like Tio Lopez versus Lomachenko. You know, I'm in front of Jason Rosario. You know, I'm, I'm in front of some world-class fighters um, for the biggest odds in 2020. I mean, yeah, when I when I checked, I think you were hovering between, I think it was 11 to $13, $13 right? It was like 11 or $13, somewhere in there, maybe $12. So yeah. having having that, so you've, you've literally, as I say, you, you're on this skid, um you see those kind of odds. So you, so you kind of go like, what, what's the thought process there? Is there, is there like shriek confidence in you because you know what you can do and you have shared rounds with him or are you looking at those, or are you looking at those odds and going, is there something that I'm not seeing because these people have written me off? I was, I was, I was there the whole time with the biggest, you know, biggest smile on my face, knowing that I was about to shock the world. You know, I, I, I never had, you know, an ounce of of thought that thought I can't do this. You know, I, I can't I can't beat beat him. You know, I I went into the camp knowing that I could do it, and that's why I said yes to the fight, even though I was super heavy. Um, you know, and and I just knew that I could come out and perform perform well. You know, I, I think I've shown a lot of people now that I can perform well. You know, as, as long as I'm there and I'm turning up for the fight, that I can perform well and I will. Like. Um, I think it was just all confidence. I think that that whole camp, as I said, you know, it was not only from the moment I got the phone call, but just the whole way through was just the light at the end of the tunnel for me. I was happy. I was training every day. I was happy, you know, you know, where you normally saw and fatigued and cranky and, you know, upset at times, you know, it was never the case. I, I was happy that I was sore. I was happy that I was back. I was happy that I was still considered, you know, a good fighter to be able to get those fights. Um, you know, and, and it just, it just sparked me. It sparked a lot for me. So. And, uh, were, and were you confident one? Cause obviously it went to decision. Were, were you confident that you were going to get the nod? Big time. There was like, literally, I remember right before they said, I had one thought like, oh, they might give it to him. And then I was like, my, my own head was like, no, no way. No way. Can they, you know, like, uh, like I scored everything I wanted to score. There's no way, you know? Um, and then when they, when they'd announced the winner, I was like, that's better. That's sweet. You know, I'm good. Like, um, you know, obviously, you know, a great moment for, for myself, um, my partner who's been with me through, through all the skids, 
Um, you know, my, my coach, Jamie, who, who, same thing, you know, he's been with me on the ride the whole time. Um, you know, Jazz and, Jazz and Pity are just, you know, my rocks really. So, um, you know, it was just a nice moment to share with, with all of them. And, you know, as a, as an athlete, feel like I'm giving back, you know, um, as a athlete of boxing, you know, you, most of it's for you. Do you know what I mean? Like all the time and attempts on you, but, you know, that win for me was, that was like my thank you for, for Jamie and, and Jazz and Nudge and, and all the guys that had put so much time into me over the, the five and a half, six weeks that we had. So I assume Jamie was the one in, in your corner as well, because the, the one thing I noticed, I, I was actually ringside for that fight, um, as, as you would have known, and, and I have to say, like, and you don't get it often, and I, I, I guess this is, this is where I really appreciate it, is the, the voice from the corner. Um, and I did notice that your corner was very vocal. Um, very vocal. Very clear. Right? Very, very clear, clear very, very vocal. vocal. Um, but the, the interesting factor as well, and, and I always relay back to, I don't know how much you know about MMA, but Demetrius Johnson used to be the uh, flyweight champion, you know, defended it 11 times or whatever. And, and the yep. same thing, he had that relationship with his coach where you could literally see the coach yell something out and the fighter follow. And um, I, I really saw that in you on in that fight. That I I, I saw that the the corner was very vocal, but you were uh, very like receptive to that, and and you would respond very quickly. It was kind of like he was playing a video game, and you were the you were the the, the little action figure in the middle, right? Yeah. When when I first started with Jamie, you know, go way back. But when I first started with Jamie um, out of King Cumber, there with him boxing. Um, when I'd started, you know, I, I pretty much sat him down. I said to him, I said, Jamie, you know, look, I, I've had a rough trot. You know, I, I haven't had the easiest run. Um, you know, I don't want, you know, any sympathy for it. But what I'm telling you is all my eggs are in your basket. You know, I, after this, I'm, I'm done with it. You know, I've got a family and I've got, I've got people to look after that, that deserve my time. You know, so so my eggs are in your basket. Whatever happens, it's it's me and you, and and that's it. You know, you you've got my full trust, and and let's get to work and do what we can do. And that that bond hasn't changed, and and I don't think it will personally. Um, you know, we we both sort of get each other, and we both understand each other, and and I think that's what you know forms the 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 bond work really well. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and obviously from that win, which was a great win. As you said, biggest underdog of the year. You obviously got offered another massive fight, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, was that a quick turnaround fight? I don't even know. Was it the very next card? I don't even know. Like, um, Paul. No, Fleming. it was. It was a little bit later, but for me, it was the the quickest turnaround I've had in my my professional career. So uh, it wasn't bad. I, you know, I enjoyed going from one job you know, having a couple of weeks off and then going back into into the next job, you know, it actually felt like I was I was a professional and I was doing what I had to do. Um, you know, it sort of it was it was good. And sometimes you've got I to ride that wave. Right yeah, and sometimes you've got to ride that wave too, right? I mean you've just come off a massive yeah. win. So yeah. like, you know, the endorphins are there and you you you're ready to take yeah. on the world. But I mean, look, Paul Fleming's uh no joke either, right? I mean that 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 nah, was that that, that, that was a big fight to take. Um, but am I right in saying that Jamie wasn't in your corner for that one? Because I read somewhere that you had relocated that camp, right? And you actually left the, the your, your, your partner and the kids at home as well. 
Yeah, no, Jamie was in that camp. Just the only difference is instead of travelling every weekend to go and see Jamie, I actually lived in Canberra with Jamie. Um, and, and I'd done everything down there with Jamie. So I was in Canberra for eight weeks and I would come home of a weekend and then go again instead of the opposite way where, where I was with my family for the week and then with, with Jamie on the weekend. Yeah, right. And and so talk us through that fight because obviously like in preparation for that fight, you, you look good. Um, and, and the only reason um, I ask about that fight is... <laughs> We were actually look. Uh, I was watching it with a few other people, and and I was also talking to a few people on the internet, and we actually thought you were in that fight. Like we 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 full fledged thought you were in that fight, and then there was a moment that you obviously went back into the corner, um, in between rounds as you do, um, yep. and you and and you went back out. And it was kind of weird because it was like that first exchange. It was very early on in, in, in that round, that first exchange, your your corner had decided to throw in the towel, which, look, I totally appreciate because I don't think it happens enough in, in, in the MMA space where, where coaches yeah. are throwing in the towel. But can can you kind of walk us through, like, the events that occurred? in And, like, did you know that that was going to happen? Because I know the natural reaction yeah, when, it, bit, yeah. when it originally Jamie happened... So when it originally happened, I, I literally had people going, why did they throw in the towel? Like, you yeah. know, Tyson was in that fight. Like, why is he throwing in the towel? So from your perspective, like, was there stuff said in between rounds there? What, yeah, what... look, you know, James always very, you know, very vocal with me and always says things how they are. And, um, you know, look, Jamie, Jamie just plain and simply said to me uh, in the fifth round, uh, look, Tyson, you need to, to show me more. You know, you need to, to come out and give me more. Um, you know, Jamie said, you know, I, I know you're tough, you know, I, I already know that, you know, you, we're either here to win it or, or we're not in it at all. So, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to show me more or the towel's coming in. It, it's your choice. Like, um, for me, you know, I, I don't feel like um, I even got the chance to, to show more personally, um, you know, but I'm, I'm not mad in, in any way, shape or form. You know, my, my family is very appreciative of him and you know all my family have personally you know thanked him himself that that you know jamie cares for me enough to to stop things when you know when they should or could be stopped um but yeah look you know he, he asked more of me um you know and i'll certainly you know as any fighter is ready to give more um you know i, I do feel like it was early. i think it was the first exchange from when i've watched back on it the first exchange of punches um but you know, you know, again, there's no hard feelings or nothing like that. You know, Pity's Pity's my coach, and and you know, he's the man, and um, he did ask me to to give him more, and and that's that. No, and I guess that's what it is. Is is like as I said, and and, and I'll tell you, it was, it was the first exchange. That's why we were all kind of like, huh? What just happened there? Because it was like literally yeah. the first exchange, and and then the whole thought process was like, okay, maybe there. Were, like you were injured or something, and and it was literally yeah. like discussed in between rounds, and they were like, look. We're going to throw it in unless unless we see something. But as you just mentioned, like we didn't really get an opportunity to see more because it was literally the first the first kind of flurry. Yeah. So look, you know, and and I mean, you know, being honest and and saying it from how it is from my coach's point of view, you know, I had set punches that I should have been letting off, and um, you know, for the first maybe three rounds, um, four rounds, you know, they'll sit in my pocket and they won't do nothing. 
Um, you know, so it took me a few rounds to even start getting going on, on throwing punches and, um, you know, countering the shots that I wanted to counter and whatnot. So, you know, correct, you know, it's, it's fair, it's fair. You know, they, they've asked more of me and, and I, I should have delivered on that at, at, at the time, but it is what it is. Too easy, too easy. But look, we will start to wrap it up. Um, I have got a couple of questions, obviously, that have been sent in. Um, so I'll yep. get them and then and then we'll start to sort of wind it down. So the, fir- the first question that I have for you is, um, what does your training uh, schedule look like inside a fight camp in comparison to outside a fight camp? Yeah, look, you know, that's one of the biggest issues for me at the moment and that's sort of what I'm trying to fix myself on the side. So um, in camp, you know, there's there's no better camps in Australia than, than what, you know, Jamie puts in front of me. Um, you know, I get running programs, I get strength programs, I, I get sparring, I get everything that I'm needed. I've got Jamie in front of me 24-7 the last, you know, fight or two. Um, you know, and that's how it's going to continue to be. Um, outside of camp is is my issue at the moment because I come back home here to the Hunter Valley. Um, when I'm here at the Hunter Valley, you know, I'm, I'm the coach around here. You know, it's people come and see me. So, um, you know, when it comes to my home training, it's it's a lot different, you know, it's just me running because I know I should be running and, you know, fighters shouldn't die off when it comes to running. Um, you know, I get pads because my pad man comes in, Shano, and he's unbelievable for me, helps me with my conditioning as well. Um, but when it comes time to the contact work, like your partner work and your sparring and so on, I, I, I get nothing. I get, I get nothing at all. Um, and for me, you know, I, you know, everyone goes, oh, you know, just by your own people, it's different. You know, for me, as a coach, I don't feel like a coach should be sparring his athletes. You know, um, you know, it, it, it's that's for me. That's just not how it works. You know, like um, my athletes are supposed to grow off me, not you know have me, you know, hurting them with shots that I know that they're they're available to get a hit with because we've been working on for six months. You know. Um, so that's that's the hardest point for me is is trying to chop and change that up now, which uh, I'm about to. I'm about to start doing some work with. Um, I'm sure you know Blake Minnow. Um, Minnow's another Hunter Valley kid, so um, I'm going to start trying to be doing once a week with with um, Minnow. Um, we'll get in and and you know help each other out. Um, both get sparring. Obviously, both of us take pretty big fights compared to you know you know an average person. Um, you know, so hopefully we can um, start helping out each other out outside of camps and just stay active, um, you know, and then come inside of camp. Well, it really depends on where I'm based, whether I'm in Canberra or whether I'm here or, you know, Queensland for a fight camp or, you know, sort of whatever is put in front of me. Too easy. Beautiful. Um, and, and the second question that I've been sent is, where do you get your resilience from? So much has been thrown at you in life. <laughs> I think, you know, I've I've often said it to my family, um, and you know, I say it to my partner and stuff, you know, when when you grow up, you know, at the age of four losing, you know, what's supposed to be well not what's supposed to be, but what is the closest person and, and thing to you being your mum, I think from day day one I was just born into understanding that life was hard and life is tough. Um and and you just gotta accept it and do what you can do. That's all you can do is, is do what you can do. Um, and I think, you know, my road has just made me like that. It's just how I am and it's try to, you know, it's what I try to brush off to, to my athletes and the, and the people that I try to support. Um, 
you know, things are what they are. We can only do what we can do. So focus on what we can do. Nice. I was, uh, and I was going to ask you what the hardest, um, I guess, hat to wear for you is, or I, I, what makes you lose the most amount of hair if you have any hair to, 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 to lose. Um, what, what, yeah. So what, what's the hardest hat to wear? Is, is, is it being a father, being a fighter or being a coach? Um, oh, it's really hard. It, it all has its own things, you know. Um, being a dad, it's your job 24-7. So for me, being a dad, I don't feel is, is hard. It's just, you know, it's what I'm supposed to do. Um, being an athlete, the hard part about being an athlete isn't the training like a lot of people think it's it's the lows it's it's you know when you get in those dark places and you're trying to get out of those dark places that's the hard part um i'd probably say coaching myself because what i didn't know about coaching when i first started coaching um was that my job's to be a mentor to people um you know, and being a mentor to people <laughs> starts to feel like, you know, your mum and, you know, you're a dad to, to 20 adults as well, you know, and trying to feed them along the, the right sort of line to walk as well. And that's um a lot harder than what I ever thought it would be. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say coaching for me. You know, I, I enjoy being a dad. I enjoy being an athlete. I love when, you know, I've got easy athletes in front of me but you know not not all athletes are, are easy as as most nights so uh yeah i'd say coaching nice and then the last question for you is what is your toughest fight to date your most your your favorite fight to date and looking into the future what would be your dream fight um look toughest fight um would be my last fight. And it's not because, you know, Paul stopped me or anything like that. Um, I'm a very, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm a thinker. So for me, that fight was really hard, not because of the punches that he was outlaying or, or what he was doing. It was the fact that I couldn't work my way around getting what I wanted to get and, and do it. Where usually, you know, I can set traps and bait people and, you know, it, it's, it's fixed itself where, um, Paul's a very smart fighter as well and and I couldn't set those traps and I couldn't do those little things that I like to to do that you know sort of make me feel like I'm I'm starting to get on top um yeah that that would most definitely be my hardest fight what was the second question so the the second part of that was your your favorite fight today oh uh, your favorite fight has to be you know the light at the end of the tunnel for me with with the Jackson fight I feel like not you know, not because of, of you know, I mean it's a I guess it's a credit where credit's due with the fighter that he is, but um what I love out of that fight myself is that, you know, the nation actually realised that, that I could fight and, and that I was worth, you know, watching them follow on and, and you know, supporting my career as well. And it sort of, you know, just as I said, it was it was the light for me, you know, it just it um sparked me but at the same time felt like the reason why you boxed was was all there in one go, you know. Um, the, I felt appreciated, so it was good. Was the energy different in that fight? Also, because that was probably the largest crowd you you fought in front of, right? Did did you did you feel a Very, different energy yeah. in the room? Very different, you know. Uh, Luke lives in Sydney. Um, you know, my cousins and stuff from Sydney couldn't make it. Um, 
you know, I had sort of my corner there. Um, I had my, some of my boxers had actually grabbed tickets and, you know, got down there and my sponsors had got tickets and got down there. Um, but, you know, I certainly, certainly knew that I wasn't the, I wasn't the, the favourite and I wasn't the one that everyone wanted to win at the time um, until, you know, we, we got through and then people saw who I was. And then I think, you know, towards the end of the fight um, and the response that I got from the crowd at the end of the fight was a, a big difference to the walkout feeling. So Nice. And then, as I said, the last part of that question was... Um looking forward now what what would be your dream fight like what would be a fight that you really want um look man i i don't um you know i don't ever pick anyone out personally um i i just want legitimate fights you know and i want um australia to see that that that's all that's worth watching is is legit fights you know because that gives um people like myself that little bit more credit you know I, I, i've taken on legitimate fights and and that's pretty much it you know like you know you've had your few fights and whatnot but um most of my fights have been hard legitimate tests where you know it's a 50 50 fight or a 60 40 fight you know it's not a 80 20 fight um you know in saying that you know any any of of the top people that are, that are rated that makes me go higher i'm happy to stand in front of them I'm, you know i've proved that I, I am tough and i know i'm tough um, I've got that spirit that wants to, to fight anyone that's worth, you know, fighting for for me. Um, you know, obviously money's got to make sense and whatnot too, but, um, you know, as, as far as who goes, it, it doesn't matter, just as long as it's a legit fight. Nice, nice. Well, look, we'll wrap it up. Um, before I let you go, though, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get two fight picks uh, from you because they're, they're obviously been announced and they're, they're up and coming and they both got Australians involved. So yeah, and yeah. They're, pre- they're, they're, they're pretty big fights. So we'll start with the first one, Lopez versus Cambosis. Uh, How do you see that fight play out and, and who is your, your pick for that fight? Look, I'm an I'm a Aussie and I'm going to back an Aussie. Um, I've known George for a long time myself. Um, I think it's an extremely hard test to to overcome, though. Um, my heart says George, but but my brain says that that Lopez will will get the win. And 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 why do you why do you see it's such a hard test? Lopez is so strong, and he's he's not only strong, but he's big, um, and he's not only big, but he can punch. You know, um, so. You know, Vassal Lemchenko couldn't out, outwork him with his work rate, so a work rate's not going to be enough to to be able to outdo him. You know, it, it's going to be going to be brains, and it, it's going to be you know a, a boxing match. And I just feel like Lopez is so young himself. You know, I think people forget how, how young Lopez is that it's a it's a bloody tough test. But again, I'm an Aussie. I'm I'm backing an Aussie. So. Nice, nice. Well, then I guess uh, the the next one's going to be an easy pick too. Um, they've just uh, announced that um, Tim Tu is fighting up in Queensland um, against uh, Inoy. Is it Inoy? The, yeah, the, the yeah, correct. Inouye. I think that's how Inouye. you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. How, how yeah. do you see how do you how do you see that um, fight play out? Obviously, I, I I can already guess who you're going to pick for it. Um, but yeah, how do you see that fight play out? Yeah, no. Look, I, I think that's uh, that's a fight that, that Tim can can most definitely win and handle, um, and not only handle but grow from. Um, and you know, him growing from those experiences is what will get him, you know, the world title in in, in the future. 
So I'm, I'm definitely backing Tim on that one. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's it, man. Like, uh, as I said, um, I, I appreciate the time that you bring along. Um, for anyone that kind of wants to reach out to you or, or kind of follow your boxing journey or, or even if they're, I guess, in the Hunter region, I mean, the gyms are shut at the moment, but I guess once we all reopen, um, what, what's kind of the best way people can get in touch with you, I guess? Yeah, look, you guys can follow myself for my career um on tyson underscore lantry uh online that's on instagram um facebook is just tyson lantry um if you can follow me on them uh for the gym um and and to join the coaching squad or or you know join in you know as a fighter yourself um you know you can follow team underscore lantry underscore boxing uh on instagram um or you can follow team entry boxing on facebook um and same again i can uh, message you straight back on there and and sort you out anything that you need well there you have it i as i said uh, just a moment ago i can't thank you enough um i know sometimes they, these things are like really hard to kind of tee up because they do take a bit of time obviously you're traveling from work at the moment and um it's kind of worked out because uh, as i said originally i uh really was wanting you to come in uh hopefully we can get you to come in in the future at some point in time yeah, anyway yeah. um yeah, but definitely. yeah look with these lockdowns things are the way they are we can't do much about it but um i do really do appreciate the time and um i hope we do get some fight news from your neck of the woods real soon uh but yeah, until stay then, tuned stay that's blessed. all i can say guys stay tuned yeah stay tuned I'm away. I'm away.